0: Today we're going to start off the month of April, and uh, I decided to do one of the worst video game movies of all time, if you don't know by now. It's 1997's Mortal Kombat Annihilation. It's the end of the world, one, two, three, fire! don't cry, fight, Mortal Kombat Annihilation, rated BG-13 starts Friday. First and foremost, I will be dedicating every episode in this month of April to video game movies. Um, I got the inspiration after watching Mortal Kombat Annihilation. I don't even know why, but I thought there's got to be worse movies out there based on video games, and I compiled a list, and each one seems to be a little worse than the last, so be ready for that. Annihilation starts off right where the first movie finished. We all know that the first movie had that Shao Kahn cliffhanger. And to be honest, I do miss when cliffhangers were a thing. You know, nowadays they're only in TV shows or series or whatever you want to call them. But in movies, it's kind of a lost art form now. We've been getting a whole bunch of post-credit scenes, which is okay. But come on, like if you have a movie like Endgame or Infinity War... You really had to wait like 20 minutes for the credits to finish because they had like a thousand people working on there. And, and that's where, you know, back then it was kind of, it was fun because the cliffhanger did it and you just got to leave right after the movie. Kind of sucks for everybody who worked on it because their names on it. But I mean, come on, as a movie gore. Are you really going to sit there and look at everybody's name? I don't think so. But we got left on that Shao Kahn cliffhanger. And in Annihilation, we start off, it kicks right into high gear. But the first thing you're going to notice is Liu Kang and Katana are the only characters that kept the same actor or actress. Because everybody else got completely recasted from Sonya Blade. you uh, You know, one of them that completely blew my mind was Johnny Cage. And that's because the actors looked identical. You know, for years and years and years, I thought it was Lyndon Ashby who played the first Johnny Cage in the first movie, obviously. And then they changed it to somebody else. They changed it to Chris Conrad. And they looked identical. Blew my mind when I found out they weren't the same person. (laughs) One of the biggest recasts in this movie was Raiden. Now, normally we're used to Christopher Lambert you know the Highlander there could only be one but for Raiden it wasn't just one they recasted him and got James Remar which is he's a great actor honestly don't, don't get me wrong he's a great actor in his own right but I think I had gotten so used to the Christopher Lambert being Raiden because he was real cool he was calm real that had he had that, that real low tone of a voice that was real scratchy and James Remar, his voice is like, you know, it's a little, you know, deeper. But it it just wasn't Raiden. Like, it, it didn't do anything for me. Like, he wasn't that much of a badass in, in this as he was in the first movie. In this movie, he was more, how do I say this, uh, sympathetic towards everything and everyone. And I was like, no, this was more of a hippie Raiden. I want the badass that nobody messed with in the first movie. Give me that one. But they didn't. And then later on, he decides that he wants to turn himself mortal. And what does he do? He cuts his hair. It turns blonde. He freaking looks like Sting from the police. Excellent. This movie was so bad that the original actors chose not to come back in favor for better roles. And you know what? I don't blame them. Lyndon Ashby, the original Johnny Cage, decided no after reading the script and finding out that he was going to die right at the beginning. You know what? I don't blame him. I don't blame him either. I don't blame any of the actors. If I read this script, I would have probably said the same thing, depending on the money. You know, I mean, money does talk and everyone's got a price. But this movie has so much bad in it that it's really hard to find any good. And I know you didn't click on this episode just to hear me give it a star studded review, because that's not what I'm going to do here with this specific movie. This movie was bad, bad on top of bad, and there really is no saving grace, but here's where the, the but happens. I'm going to give it a little bit of a chance. I'm going to try my best to find something good in it. Now, I know I just said that, you know, uh, that it's really hard to find something good in it, but I think I may have found just a few things. That may spice up this movie. That may make you think twice. When you do watch this. It may give you a different perspective. So here we go. Number one. The fan service. Think about this. When you watch the first Mortal Kombat movie. Which was what 95. I think What part 3 was around at that time. Not 3 Ultimate just yet. I know the 3 Ultimate came out in 95. But it came out after the movie was done but when you watch that first movie were you thinking man I wish they had so-and-so in this oh wouldn't it have been cool if we saw all of Shao Kahn oh could you imagine if Rain was in there or Ermac or Nightwolf think about that because the fan service that Annihilation gave you they give you all those characters they gave you every character that you probably were thinking of at the time, with the exception of what Striker and Cabal. So don't lie to yourself when you say that this movie may have been horrible because it was oversaturated with characters. No, because you're not looking at Mortal Kombat as a franchise with just a few people. How many times have you gone back and played part one? I will wait for an answer for that. Because it's very rare that any of us go back and play with the original small amount of characters that are on there. Sure, you'll go to part two, but the majority of us will go to three ultimate because they have like a million people on there. So don't tell me that, you know, this movie was oversaturated with characters because they tried their best to fit everybody in. I'll give them that. There was so many characters in this movie that I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. The fan service that they tried to do on this, and everybody shit on it, which is respectable, but also, it didn't warrant the hate for that. You weak, pathetic fool. Another cool thing that provided really good fan service was the amount of signature moves that were done in this. Think about it. Right before Johnny Cage dies, what does he do? The shadow kick. Sonya Blade, later on, gives the kiss of death to Cyrax. And then Cyrax does his self-destruct fatality. And then later on in the movie you see Jax, he punches the ground and everything shakes. Cool, right? Fan service. And I'm and I know that there's quite a bit more signature moves that are done in this movie because they're all in there. Go back and look. You're going to look at this with a whole new set of eyes when you're done with this episode because I may make you look at Mortal Kombat Annihilation very differently. Another piece of fan service was all the fighting in this. Now I've read reviews before and they're like, oh man, this movie, all they did was fight. Well, guess what? It's called Mortal Kombat. It is a movie based on a fighting game. I didn't go into this to see dialogue. No, this is Mortal Kombat was not an RPG. Well, maybe a few games later when it started to die down, they started making those trashy RPG games for Mortal Kombat. You can go ahead and Google those. But anyways, This movie had dialogue, fight scene, dialogue, fight scene, and it just kept on going. It was kind of like one of those dirty movies. You know, you had a little bit of dialogue and then bam, everybody gets down to business. And I really don't know why I compared Mortal Kombat to a porn, but let's just keep on going here because the fight scenes were good. They weren't bad. You know, I could easily tell that Ray Park, we all know him as Darth Maul. What's the stunt double for Raiden? You can see it right in his face. They didn't even try to hide this man's face. But anyways, the fight scenes were great up until probably like the end. That's where obviously the the final battle happens. They hype everyone up with the Mortal Kombat theme. And then all the fighting looks extremely slow. Very slow paced. Uh, It was so slow. Like it reminded me of a 70 year old person writing a check at the grocery store. That slow. Because... Sonya Blade pulls out a Hurricane Rana, and I seriously thought, I was like, wait, something's wrong with this movie here, and it was digital, I was like, well, maybe it's lagging, but nope, it was actually a real-time Hurricane Rana, she throws the dude over, and he falls ever so gingerly, and I was like, okay, you know what, they got tired, they probably thought this movie was going to be trash, so they just let it go, but the rest of the fight scenes are great, there's nothing wrong with them. Round four. There are two characters that stand out in this movie. The first one being Shao Kahn. That's right. Everybody thought, oh man, Shao Kahn looks like trash. And he did. There is no wrongs being told there because that mask was horrendous. It was way too big for the actor. It just. It looked really dumb. Uh, there's really nothing more that I could say. Everything looked really plastic. Everything looked really fake. It's just that mask was. Had they had, you know, made it smaller and a little bit more realistic looking, he would have kicked ass because Brian Thompson, the actor who played Shao Kahn, that dude was great. He brought that character to life. He played it exactly how it was supposed to be played, which is obviously acting, but everybody else seemed to not have caught wind on this in this movie because Brian Thompson, I I like him. I thought he kicked ass in Cobra. If you all haven't seen Cobra yet, the Stallone movie, please go out and check that out. That movie is way too good for its own good. And I I don't even know if that even made any sense. But let's keep on going. The second person that stood out to me in this was Nightwolf. Nightwolf had such a small part. And it was so effective. One, because they actually got a Native American to play him, which was Lightfoot. And he played Little Bear in the Indian in the Cupboard movie, and he looked exactly like the character, like identical. Now, we've all seen movies where the character doesn't even look anything close to what we think or what we've seen before. This time, it was right on the money. I even liked his uh, his transformation from a wolf to a man, and we're about to get into that pretty soon because... Nightwolf's whole purpose was to show Liu Kang how to perform an animality. Now, that is when the character turns into an animal and, you know, pulls out a fatality. That's basically what an animality is. But when I was younger, I completely got that word wrong. I remember trying to describe the game to adults that were around me because, you know, I kind of hung out with quite a bit more adults because all my cousins were a lot older than me. Anyways, when I would try to explain this game and talk about that particular move, I completely got it wrong, wrong to the point to where they looked at me like, what the hell are you playing? So instead of animality, I was calling everything a bestiality. Yeah, you know, I didn't know what that word meant back then. Uh, obviously, you know, I, I thought that's exactly what the move was called. So I'm, here I am telling everybody, oh, you know, Luke Kang did a bestiality, you know, on Shao Kahn in the movie. And everybody's like, huh? What? What did you just say? What, what, what are you watching? Or if I tried to say, oh, did, yeah, you know what? I I did a bestiality with Nightwolf. And they're like, no, please, what are you doing? Like. And then they would look at my parents. What are y'all letting them play? It wasn't until later on I found out what that actually was, you know, interspecies erotica for all of you clerks fans out there. Uh, I just it's embarrassing. And to this day, they still don't let it go. You are nothing. Wow. I can't believe I told that story. It's kind of bad, right? Oh, well, let's just keep on going. Let's keep on talking about the most terrible things about this movie. And one of them being the CGI. Wow, this was horrendous to look at. Let's start off with the background. Now, I've seen a lot of movies before that use the green screen where the whole set is a green screen and it looks fine. But I don't think anybody cared on this. And it's not going to say that the technology wasn't there because it was there at the time. May, you know, it may not have looked as great. But you know what? This was a dollar store job. Because a lot of the background and the actor that was put in this background seemed like those TikTok videos where the person kind of just inserts themselves in front of a video that's playing behind them. Because that's exactly what this was. Like the, all their outline was really fuzzy and nothing matched up. The color tone didn't match the background. Everything was just bad. Now to the animalities, <laughs> Jeez, I'm not going to call it a bestiality again, but we're going to keep on. Um, Those looked equally as worse. Now, at the end, you know, uh, Shao Kahn turns into a Gredora looking monster, and then Liu turns into some sort of winged demon. I'm not going to call it a dragon because it resembled nothing of a dragon. There was even a little henchman or a big henchman style monster that Shao Kahn would call upon throughout the movie, and that looked bad. A lot of it reminded me of. The CGI from Beast Wars, if we all remember that Transformers Beast Wars series, which is amazing, by the way. But that style of CGI put into a real life background. It was really bad, bad to the point to where I was comparing it to the Megazord and the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. Go back and look at that because that was just disgusting all the way through. Now, is this movie bad? Yeah, is it worth watching? Yeah. Does it deserve all of the hate and criticism? Of course. Now the only reason I tried to pinpoint some of the good stuff in this is so that you can go back and try to rewatch this with a new perspective, a fresh pair of eyes. Maybe be just a tad bit appreciative of what they tried to do, and you know how bad it failed. It fell to the point to where it didn't make. Any of its budget back at all. Like it was under budget by like 15 or 20 million dollars. But for some reason, the studio decided that hey, we're going to try to make a sequel in 2004. And that sequel was in production. It was going to be called Mortal Kombat Devastation. And it was going to do something that a lot of movies nowadays are doing it was going to erase part two and be the official sequel to the first movie they were going to use time travel but hurricane Katrina put a halt to all that destroyed a lot of the sets and then they just never picked up nobody cared about it anymore crazy thing about this is it was going to happen now if you read a lot of the message boards before there was proof out there everybody was like oh that's bs that's never going to happen it was just a rumor a myth Mortal Kombat 3 devastation was not going to be a thing Someone was fortunate enough to find two separate interviews, one with Robin Shao, who played Liu Kang, and then the other one who I mentioned earlier, Lyndon Ashby, the original Johnny Cage, both were talking about how excited they were that Mortal Kombat 3 was in production. They were both just waiting. They both had read the script already. They were just waiting on some production things to happen. There are also a lot of pictures circulating out in the interwebs showing a picture of Quan Chi. Now, Quan Chi's a pretty big figure in Mortal Kombat mythology, but to think about it, he was in a lot of promotional photos for Mortal Kombat Annihilation, and I think that's why everybody kind of tied him to Mortal Kombat Devastation, which is kind of weird, right? Because a lot of the promotional photos that are out there, Quan Chi's in them. He's right next to Chinook, and it's just strange to look at because you're like, wow, this Quan Chi looks like shit. And I don't even know why. I'm really glad that they didn't even make this movie. But you can go out and Google that. Because on the Laserdisc version of Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Quan Chi is on that cover. Were there you know, scenes filmed with him in there? I don't know. There really isn't much information about Quan Chi And his role in either annihilation or possibly devastation. Uh, It's a little strange because from what I've only read is that they pulled an extra and dressed him up as Quan Chi and used him for the promotional photos. But why? That's the big question here. Why are they going to do that? Why did they do that to be exact? And as I usually say, the world may never know. To do a little bit of a full circle, I dare you, I dare you all to go out and look at Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Go out, put on the nostalgia goggles, have fun with it. This isn't a movie that you're going to go in thinking you're going to see the greatest movie ever written or shot. No, that's not going to happen with this. You're going to go into it, you're going to look at it, you're going to laugh at it, you're going to cringe at it, and then when it's done... You'll do exactly what I did. Take about a minute to process and wonder what the hell you were doing watching it. Now, I can't link this in the description because obviously you have to pay for it. And I'm a dope and I paid for it. Who cares? Right. Uh, Nobody cares. But this is the first episode in my April video game month, which I haven't given it a proper name yet. Well, we'll figure that out as the month goes on. So... I'll see you guys next time, and, uh, April Fools. Flawless victory.